So over the last like month or so, you know, we uh, we did our little side side project. We were talking about uh, you know the state of the world and the state of almost uh, you know the human right situation in the east of living conditions and overpopulation and then the drain of underpopulation and all these global whatever the fuck topics over the last two or three weeks and this week we're going to watch who's the boss so (laughs) we're back (laughs) back to our tv thing so we were doing the thing where we were watching british and american remakes and i started off with shows that started in america and were remade in england because there's fewer of them and uh, it would have timed out great if we had finished off that list and then I switched us over to all of the stuff about housing and stuff. But there was one more left on that first list. So we got one more show that was uh, American first and then British. And then I guess we'll flip over to the other side. British shows that they brought to America. But yeah, the last one, who's the boss? Bottom of the list. But uh, the good thing about this one is the other ones we watched, you know, they tended to immediately fail in England and they're just bad where this one ran for years and the comments I found about it were positive people actually like this remake so we'll see I guess okay a British I didn't know there was a British version of who's the boss uh so yeah who's the boss I guess like I know about it I guess I've seen it but I don't have any particularly fond memories of who's the boss it was just boss yeah it was uh so it was like familiar but it was Tony Danza. Oh, and that uh, Judith Light. Yeah, that is her name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. I, All I, right. I'm impressed because I didn't know her name until I looked up stuff. And <laughs> yeah. Melissa Milano. Yeah, Alyssa is, Milano. Yeah. Alyssa. Okay, is the daughter Tony's daughter? Yeah, she was pretty famous to my generation because around '94 or so, after the show ended, she got a boob job and was in this movie called *Embrace of the Vampire* or something. And I just remember like me and Ray and whoever in the neighborhood, we were just like, "Whoa, have you seen *Embrace of the Vampire*?" Whoa. Yeah, and she was on. Uh, she was on a lot of the tabloid type magazines right. too. She is a you know a young star. Yeah, which I guess yeah, we're gonna watch the first episode of each of these so she's going to be just a little kid <laughs> and it's inappropriate to talk about her boob job i guess but yeah i did see some of those yeah because one of those shows like i guess it was fine i just uh, you know yeah i, I would just... watch it when it was on but the basic rundown so it aired on abc from 1984 to 1992 so for eight seasons and it was consistently in the top 10 during the 80s but those last couple of years in the 90s it started slipping so they just eventually shifted dates and canceled it and whatever same old story uh, it was built around Tony Danza because he had been in Taxi as just one of the ensemble cast, which I haven't seen a ton of Taxi, but Taxi to me seemed like a pretty, like way better than the 80s sitcoms, where the 80s sitcoms are very formulaic and stuff, where Taxi just felt like a bunch of just people in a dispatch. It felt like a little play every week. I don't know, it's kind of seemed higher quality to me, but there's no remake of Taxi, so <laughs> we don't have any reason to watch it. Uh, it was originally entitled You're the Boss, and, uh, you know, because uh, the idea is just that he's this rough-and-tumble fucking Brooklyn guy who, taking a, what's the word I'm looking for, the the normal Italian stereotype of, like, I just got to be a tough, cool guy. It's like, let's let's play with that a little, where now he's the housekeeper, who he's the stay-at-home housekeeper yeah, guy. Yeah, see, that would have been in the early days of when it was becoming acceptable for dads to stay at home and be the mom of the house. Right. So, yeah, they changed it, though, to uh, who's the boss, because I guess you're the boss is a little too demeaning of, like, obviously, Judith Light's the boss and not Tony Danza. So they're like, well, let's just say who's the boss. Who can say? Who's to say who's on top of this situation? 
even though it's clearly Judith like she's the rich person who owns the house but uh, you know Tony's still he's a man so <laughs> and he usually ends up coming off with the solution of whatever is bothering her in her uptight world right so there's not much to say about the show itself. I guess the final episode aired April 25th, 1992, which was the same day as the finale of Growing Pains and MacGyver. <laughs> Tons of classic shows ended that very day. Okay. Which meant MacGyver, because again, that's one of those shows I vaguely remember from being a kid, but I never really watched it. Just this, you know, guy who could always figure out how to get through whatever situation. I don't know if he was some secret agent or what, but we watched an episode in my old apartment, me and my old roommate Craig, and... <laughs> Through the weird, whatever bizarre plot, he had to, like, airlift a horse for some reason. <laughs> I don't remember why. But they actually did that. Like, they actually put a horse in a harness and hooked it to a helicopter and flew it somewhere. And I'm like, man, they had money back then to just <laughs> do weird stuff in TV. But I guess what I thought was most interesting about Who's the Boss is they made a zillion remakes, and they all have different weird names. So, uh... In France, the show wasn't... These aren't remakes, these are just dubs, but the France dub was called Madame is Served, and in Italy, it's called Super Housekeeper. <laughs> a little less cool. But then tons of remakes. So the Indian remake, the Google Translate said it translates to front window, but I feel like that might be wrong because that makes no sense. I don't know what that means. But the other ones, uh, the German remake is called A Life's Job, the Mexican remake is called A Family with an Angel, or The Family's Angel, which <laughs> is like really bigs up this guy. Same thing in Brazil, that remake is called Saint of the House. Uh, the Argentinian remake, just called Who's the Boss. The Russian remake is called Who is the Head of the House? The Colombian remake is called Who Commands Whom? And the Polish remake is called And Who is in Charge Here? <laughs> So, <laughs> Which is the closest thing to Who's the Boss. <laughs> right. And then the United Kingdom remake is called The Upper Hand. And that's the one that I found that we're going to watch because it's the one that's in English. It aired in 1990 to 1996 for seven series. And instead of a Italian Brooklyn guy, now it's a, a dude who moves from a deprived area of London to leafy Henley-on-Thames in Oxfordshire. Oh, Oxfordshire. Yeah, I don't quite know where that is. I just know, I guess it's well, near so, Oxford yeah, University. Well, obviously some classy area. <laughs> and unlike the American version, which kept the relationship between the leads more ambiguous, in the British one, they actually have a distinct romance and get married in the sixth series. And then in the seventh series, they're married. And probably not coincidentally, because now all the uh, will-they-won't-they they is gone. It then got canceled. <laughs> so... But yeah, like I said, the comments I found about it were actually positive. People had nice things to say about this show and remembering watching it, where traditionally that has not been the case with these remakes, where people are just like... Well, let's have a look view and pass judgment on them, because, uh, yeah, what we've seen in the past, the British remakes just didn't cut it. <laughs> and I guess we'll do the same thing as usual. We'll watch the British one first, and then we'll watch the American one. So, I got the first episode of each, so we got The Upper Hand, episode one, uh, which is the only one on YouTube, so it's easy to find if anyone wants to watch it, from 1990, and then uh, the first episode of Who's the Boss from 84, which is also on YouTube, but it's labeled as limited time only, but it's been up for two years, so it's probably just up there. So anyway, they're both on YouTube as of this recording. It's weird too, they always have the different theme songs, because like the uh, Who's the Boss theme, 
It's not great, but I remember it, you know. As long as we got each other, we got the dead right in our head. But England, of course, they'll just make up their own weird song. Wanna go upstairs, say goodbye to the old flat? To you? Man, 80s theme songs were so, uh, so corny, but they are catchy. <laughs> Nineteen eighty-three. So yeah, I'd say, uh, you know, the tale is old as time. The same thing as all of the uh, British remakes is, uh, I guess this one turned out better. It was actually on TV longer. People liked it, but just from watching those two episodes, yeah, I mean, the American one's just way, way better. <laughs> so. Because there's a difference in the characters. There's an obviously, like if you're thinking of a, a, like a black character and a white character that would play off against each other, they are clearly black and white. Whereas in the, the British version, there's not that much difference. There's no, there's not a real class distinction, which there could be, which the American one has. And that's the whole point of showing that opposites attract, because in the end, obviously, you know what's going to happen. They're going to attract. But they really are opposites in the American version, whereas the British one, they're not that different. Yeah, it reminds me a lot of the Married with Children one, where in the, you know, American version, it's so clear that, like, the Bundys versus the Darcys, you know, the next-door neighbors, are just like, this one family is kind of scumbag family, and the other one is the fancy family. And yeah, with this, it's like... You know, the uh, Italian guy and the super uptight Connecticut woman wearing the British one in both those shows. Everyone's just feels on the same level. And like I was saying when we were watching it, maybe, and this is just wild speculation about cultural stuff I don't know anything about. But it's weird that like America, you know, the the label on the tin is everyone's the same. Everyone's equal. And then in their media, they're more willing to show that everyone's not the same <laughs> because... Because the underlying philosophy of America is it doesn't matter, you can still make it, everyone has these opportunities. Where in England, they don't um, try to pretend everyone's the same. They do have a class system. It's very clear that, like, I was especially thinking, like, if you really wanted to make things weird in the European one, what if what if the Tony Danza character was, like, a, an immigrant from India or something? You know, like, really different people that are in their own little... Uh, neighborhoods and stuff in England, that would be a really bold thing. But instead, they just whitewash it all. They just make everybody, everyone's got a neutral British accent. Everyone feels the same. And it's like, yeah, they're, they're the country that really has these these this situations. Um, and they're trying to cover it up. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. In, in all those shows that we've watched, it's like that. Yeah. Now, the American version was definitely uh, better. They obviously had more money to put into it, the, uh, the, even right down to a wardrobe. I mean, the wardrobe in the American one is like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> like she really does look like she buys her clothes at Saks Fifth Avenue. Um, the house is practically a freaking mansion. <laughs> and even just on a, like a more shallow level, but yeah, like Tony Danza... He's got his shirt off by the second scene that he's in, you know, where they didn't do that in the British one. Uh, Judith Light, when she comes back in the evening and is making out with her boss, she's wearing this, like, slinky black gown, yeah, and you can glitzy, see her glitzy. curves. 
even even in the opening scene when she opens the door she is wearing a really classy bathrobe right whereas in the british one it's just looks like some old piece of fleece that you took off the back of your bathroom door and yeah and then she anybody wears your mother your son your husband everybody wears that house coat and that yeah like the Judith Light character, she takes off the uh, towel around her hair and you see the perfectly coiffed hair. Or that scene later where they're talking later at night. And uh, like the, the American one is so much sexier of just like, you know, Judith Light's got her little gown on and she has to kind of pull it closed because, you know. Yeah. And, uh, she comes in at the end and she's uh, wearing a sweater. But underneath the sweater, she has got like a, a satin. Uh, it's almost like the top of a slip. Pink. Um, matching her her sweater, which is white but has pink flowers on it, whereas the in the British one, she just comes in and she's wearing like a sweatshirt. Even uh, like that joke in the American one, where they're talking around the table about how Tony Danza doesn't think that Judith Light should fucking Tony and Angela. That's the names. Tony doesn't think Angela should sleep with her boss to try to get a uh, promotion. A promotion. But they're using euphemisms because the kids are there. But then as soon as they leave, the kids are like, okay, they're talking about sex. Like, that's the joke that the kids know. Was that joke even in the British no. one? Yeah, no. it's like weird. They just, uh, and, and again, my theory that I don't know for sure, but, you know, I feel like America, you know, it's all these, these ABC or whatever. It's a corporate corporation that's just can do whatever you can do whatever you want in america let's just do let's just do what's popular let's try to make this show popular make advertisers happy if we got to sex it up we'll sex it up where it feels like in in england you know that was itv not the bbc but everything feels so much more uh communal and like like more conservative yeah. Which is surprising because they were producing some pretty racy stuff back in, like they had Benny Hill, they had the uh, Monty Python, they had all those kind of kind of edgy things. But these shows are not edgy at yeah. all. Whereas the American ones, surprisingly enough, have got an edge to them. A lot of suggestion, a lot of innuendo. Uh, yeah, maybe there's something in England, It maybe it's a clearer delineation. Like, either you are an offbeat Benny Hill type show, or if you are the show that's just meant to be on at 7 p.m. at night that the whole family watches, like, it has to be for the whole family. Because <laughs> yeah. it's very noticeable that, yeah, they just stripped out all that stuff. So, uh, yeah, I don't know, I'm glad you guys enjoyed the upper hand, England, but who's the boss is a lot better. <laughs> so, <laughs> so anyway, though, that's the end of that little weird, uh, you know, American shows going to England. Now we're going to flip flop over to the other side. And I assume it's going to be the exact opposite. We're going to take shows that started in England and got remade in America. And now's our chance to shit on America. Cause I bet it's going to be the well, exact we did opposite. Some of that uh, already with like faulty towers. Remember we watched that and then right. we watched, uh, there was an American remake of it that was just, yeah, and <laughs> just it, didn't cut it. And I assume that's going to be the case, because if I think off the top of my head of American remakes of British shows, the only one I think of as a great success is The Office. There must be some more, but I think generally remakes just don't work, no matter which direction it's going. But we'll see, because, uh, yeah, again, I was just picking stuff at random, but now I'll I'll get the list, and we'll go down the list and see... Unless we just get fucking tired of this and we shift gears to something else again. But we'll try it and see how it goes. Sure. Because, yeah, it is, uh, yeah, again, it's, it's sort of surprising how much you can kind of pull from, f- 
from even yeah like the the time differences the fact that an american sitcom from 1983 Three. or 1984 was so much more open and more loosey-goosey about like sex jokes and stuff than a british one is from 1990 like six whole years later and they're still not ready yeah. for that <laughs> yeah, they were very very conservative yeah whereas yeah. again who knows like again i guess maybe it's just the time or of day or whatever because yeah if you turned on tv at 10 or 11 and saw benny hill you might actually see tits so who knows man england's weird and if you didn't see tits <laughs> you certainly saw a lot of like bare bums yeah like a girl who runs by a cactus and like whoops my my clothes got stuck on the cactus and now i'm in my bra <laughs> like just the most because i it's, it's, i guess because we like we never would have gotten the upper hand of course they would never play that on tv in canada because we have who's the boss we don't need it so my view of british tv was exclusively stuff like benny hill and and Monty Python. Yeah. I just thought British TV always had tits in it, <laughs> but clearly it I doesn't. I did too. I did too. And I always figured it was a little more suggestive for, because uh, a lot of American TV is in your face. They have to tell you absolutely everything that's going on, just in case you're too stupid to figure it out for yourself. Whereas a lot of British mysteries, they always hold back something. So if you're trying to figure out who did it, you can't because there's always something held back. And there's always a lot of, of innuendo and suggestion and things so that you're usually halfway through before you can even figure out what's going on. And that's very, very common in British, like murders and that sort of thing. Um, so I figured that uh, everything was like that, but it, obviously it isn't. Right. Some of it is pretty friggin' flat. That's kind of interesting, too, though, because I think despite some of these, especially the remakes not working out, some of these British shows being kind of flat. But I think in totality, British TV has no uh, nothing to be ashamed of. It's clearly better overall than almost anyone's TV. I guess what's kind of interesting about this is to realize that kind of our golden age of North American American sitcoms was actually pretty good. <laughs> you yeah. know, like I think in the 90s with the full house type stuff, it got a little worse. But in the 80s, like, sitcoms weren't bad. There's often times when I've watched, though, remakes of anything. You sometimes wonder, why did they bother? Yeah. Because the original was good, really good oftentimes. And the remakes don't cut it. They put in a, a lot of extra, I don't know, pizzazz. And, but, but basically, they're not better. So you wonder, why do you, why do you bother with the remakes? Why don't you just make something new? But maybe there's not enough newness out there yeah. not enough creative people to come up with like really good new stuff so anyway there's the there's who's the boss <laughs> yeah. again it just feels such a such a weird because we kind of evolved into this last month of shows kind of naturally it feels a little unnatural now to just shift gears right back into just tv but but here we are <laughs> there we did it we're back on this track so here's what we're gonna do episode 101 somewhat less deep than episodes 98 through 100. <laughs> but if it came down to if I was watching those two shows and uh, would I watch, uh, I can't even remember the name of the British one. The Upper Hand. The Upper Hand. I probably wouldn't bother with it again. Yeah. Would I bother with Who's the Boss again? Yes, I would. Yeah, I Because those characters were very interesting. And yeah, because like I said, I, I never cared about Who's the Boss. I would just watch it inadvertently. Although it's funny how much of that sunk in that I didn't realize like hey yo oh wait hey Angela it's like oh yeah I have seen this show a lot of times now that I think about it but uh yeah it's just a lot better than I 
remembered it being. Like, I wonder with all this, like, I don't think they made a remake of, like, Perfect Strangers, say. But, like, I wonder if that show's good. Maybe these shows are, like, better than I thought they were. (laughs) Which is surprising. Like, there was a certain formula to a sitcom that America had really nailed for, like, a good 15-year period. Most sitcoms that were popular were actually kind of good. Well, and then you got to remember that out of all of that came The Simpsons, which has got to be the king of all that stuff. Because for a two-dimensional cartoon type show, like, wow, they really, like, that really was like the capper of all of that stuff that was building during the 80s. You know what's funny about it? I was literally just watching Simpsons clips on YouTube last night, and one of the comments I saw that I thought was really funny is, uh, you know, Homer visually hasn't changed. He's still the same character design he always was. But when you see Homer now, he reads as a normal guy, where back in 1990, he was a fat guy. But North America's gotten so fat, Homer doesn't look fat anymore. Homer looks like a normal person. (laughs) But Homer hasn't changed. Just the world around him has changed. Because, yeah, he's like, I think in canon, he's like 230 pounds. And that's just not that weird anymore. (laughs) 